0: Welcome to The Dad Bod Show. My name is Todd Abrams and I'm the founder of Dad Bod Inc. With each new episode of The Dad Bod Show, we will be bringing you in depth, rich content and taking a deep dive into the not so glamorous and not always publicized side of our guest lives. We're going to fully engage and dissect the secret workings and behind the scenes code to gain a better understanding into what it is like of the business of being a dad. Our goal is to provide our listeners with lessons, powerful content, expertise, real-life examples, various scenarios, and additional resources that you will find value in, relate to, and be able to implement into your own lives to help you on your journey to becoming the best version of you. So sit back and let's get started. Welcome everyone to another edition of the Dad Bod Show. Thanks for uh, tuning in, and tonight we have a great, I guess wherever you're, uh, viewer viewing from it could be afternoon could be evening but we have a great um individual that I'm excited to sit with and uh he's gonna drop some knowledge this is a guy that I have much respect for um known him for a few years now and just uh very humble but also just incredible human being not only from a family man but uh the things he's done in the industry um when I refer to industry health and fitness and uh we'll even get into he's a superhero in real life and uh Got to play some of those roles. So without further ado, I just want to welcome Mr. Clark Bartram to the uh, the Dad Bod Show. Appreciate you taking the time and spending a few minutes with us today to uh, enlighten our audience, and uh, just a pleasure to have you. So I know we've been trying to get this for a while. So again, definitely appreciate you taking the time and
1: scheduling this out of your uh, your busy day. Of course, brother. Now you said one thing that I learned here recently from a mastermind that we went to was scheduling,
0: yes. and
1: you challenged me. That that really taught honestly. I appreciate the fact that you looked at me and said, you know what, you need to start scheduling. And when you wanted to do this podcast, you said, put it on your schedule. And that is what I did. And you are 100% right. So here's the deal, man. None of us are beyond being coached. None of us have reached the, the limits of what human potential is. And if we're humble enough, and I appreciate you saying that about me, if we're humble enough to know that and look at people like yourself that have been placed in our life for a reason, as a mentor, as an encourager, as someone to challenge us and, and kick us in the ass when we need it, then that's when you know you have the right people surrounding you. And I'm just honored that we share a similar title, brother, and being Godfather. That's awesome. I, Maximus. Oh, I love that. Appreciate it. Yeah.
0: But what I want to do, Clark, before we get into uh, your story and uh, questions and different things and that I want to fill in our um, audience with, I just want to paint the picture for the people that are listening or, or watching online today. We have a gentleman here, guys, who's not just a regular, I'll call it individual, someone who dabbles in health and fitness, right? He's made this his career. He's made this his, it's his passion on helping individuals get to a different place in their life, right? And just break down different barriers. But just to paint the picture, guys, over 130 magazine covers, Okay. Master trainer, ISA um, on the health, nutrition. He's worked with the United States um, Marine Corps, um, best-selling author. We're going to talk about a couple of his books here that you guys definitely need to take a look at. Um, He's been on multiple television shows, I'll I'll say movie, actor. Um, I think he he even hosted for a few years the American – what was it? The Health and Fitness on Fox and stuff. So you been all over the place, but uh, again, one of the things that intrigues me as well, we'll get into a little bit, but we'll just, we'll touch on it. Batman. Okay. So if you haven't um, seen that years back, but again, what were impressive to me is really the family man that you are. Right. Like it's you, you sort of um, shared there that myself and, and you, um, Titans, godparents, godfather, but also just, you guys have been married, you and your wife, Anita, for over 30 years. Right. You got two ki- uh, children that, um, Again, when we talk about dad bod and we talk about the different um, legacy and old lessons that you've taught them, again, just an incredible family man. So guys, I really um, love to hear that. But again, we're going to get into your passion. And uh, so just uh, appreciate and grateful that you are on this. Um, you took the time for us today. And uh, again, so let's just get started because I think for you, when I talk to you and when I met you, it's almost to me like well, this is your calling. I think this is your passion. This is what... You've been through a lot of different areas, right? And it's like, hey, Clark was the fitness model, 130 covers and this, and I just I never see you friggin' age, okay? It's like always the abs always this, always that, but it's always the role model. And I think like I said, you your passions coming through, your servitude, different things to improve and take the knowledge what you've had and put that in other people. So just very impressed with that. But um when we get into questions, let's just hit the first one off. Like the thing that got me going, and to me, my, the dad Bod podcast and the site and Bod Inc. and all that is really, it's a passion project for me. It's its just, I don't agree with the typical myth, right? Like the myth of, hey, what DadBod the term is committed to be in. So what does that term really mean to Clark Bartram? Like when someone says, hey, dad Bod,
1: what does that mean to you? And what does that convert, I guess, right. pull out of you? So the first thing I want to say before I answer that is this, I appreciate the fact that you recognize me first as a husband and a father. That means more to me than anything. And then I also just appreciate the fact that you see that this is my calling. This is what I was created to do. There's not even a question in my mind. So with respect to that and hearing this new phrase that has come about in the last handful of years, dad bod, I remember a magazine called me a while back and said, Hey, will you do an article on the dad bod? It's the, and I didn't know what it, what they meant by it so i just went on and asked the world's smartest person google and and found out what the dad bod was and it was what a lot of men have become today complacent they've become almost i I don't want to say watered down to a degree and then watered down to the point where they've allowed themselves to no longer be what they've identified with in the past and that was a college athlete someone who had a physical prowess that far exceeded what they were currently living in and somehow they've morphed not only emotionally but physically into a physical representation of what they don't want to be so there's something that happens in humans, I believe, when they look a certain way, they tend to start justifying a certain behavior and a certain attitude, which is not normally within their nature. So a dad bod to me was a guy who is accepted being 30 pounds overweight. He's accepted that he's no longer that guy when inside his soul, at the heart of who he is, he is dying to get out of that body and back into what he is seeing in his mind so to me the dad bod wasn't something that was truly accepted by people it was something that was cast upon a generation of men who have been kind of like held down and and it's guys like you making them aware that that is not what you should represent as a dad especially if you're Uh, a father my son is in the driveway right now working out because I've represented that to him his entire life you
0: know so no I love it and it's again to me it goes back to accountability responsibility right and really painting the picture and different things as you said for your son it's the same with me my son plays junior hockey the work ethic the different things that wasn't just hey, he learned that right but it was also from seeing what was in us um I guess going back like As a father, so your two kids, I think, are in their 20s, is that correct?
1: Yeah, 28 and 24.
0: Okay. So, in that, what would you say as them growing up, what as a dad, what would be your most, I'll call it, I don't know, proud moment in your life so far as being that dad, right? There's all different stages we'll talk about, but if the one thing had to to come to your mind, what would that be?
1: You know, you almost made me cry, okay, because you're like really tapping into some serious things for me. Yeah. Of, of really being a representation of what, you know, a good dad is and what we do. And I don't know what your relationship was like with your dad, but mine was a bit strange. And I always told myself, I want to be the best dad. And I think we all say that. But when we get to a certain place in life, we realize that we're just a human and we're not the best, the way we wanted to be. We make mistakes. But something just happened the other day my son is in a coaching program right now, and he's going deep in his coaching, and I was overhearing him talking, and he made reference to me in his comments. He said, you know, my whole life I've watched my dad, and this is important for people to hear. He said, I watched my dad, and he is a really well-known fitness model and a really good bodybuilder, and he, he gave me these, these titles, I guess, in a way that I was hearing it from someone I was influencing his whole entire life. And at 24 years old, just the other day when I heard him in a coaching program where he was going deep, what he said about me was something that he witnessed, didn't hear. wasn't me preaching to him. It was me living that lifestyle in front of him right. day in and day out. Yeah. So
0: setting the example, setting it up that like, again, the whole thing of, not just giving them the fish, right? Teaching him how to fish in that whole lifestyle. So he's basically taken that and that's going to be handed down to his kids as well. So um, I guess going through this, um, as a, your relationship with your dad, did that really sort of round you out? And then would you say the relationship with your dad? Like my father and me had a great relationship, but I see different parts that I'll call it weren't really conflicted or whatever, but they've molded me in different ways, right? And the things that Some of the different things like that, uh, I I guess, just in regards to time spent with my kids, different lessons learned, right? My dad was, hey, hardworking and thought that it meant being at work all the time and different things. And so there's different things in mind. But what lessons or what, um, I guess, things that you see your dad had an implication in your life that you've seen come through to your two kids?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting as I sit back and observe, I always tell people that I coach, be on the balcony and observe your life and and really kind of look at it from a different perspective. When I observe my judgment of my father, and I've just recently kind of had this massive heart opening for my dad, who was divorced from my mom at a young age. And it was a very typical story, similar to the Cat Stevens song, Cats in the Cradle. Yeah. You know, that was me and my dad, to put it in a nutshell. For those of you who've never heard that song, go Great song. put it on. Cats in the Cradle by Cat Stevens. Yeah. That is the song that really represents me and my dad. But there were certain things that my dad instilled in me that have been passed on to my kids. And I'm going to tell you something. On my dad's deathbed on October 10th, 2010, I sat next to him and I looked at him in his eyes. As he had oxygen on, I said, Dad, you can go off into eternity knowing that I'm a good man. My fingernails are clean. He always taught me, keep your fingernails clean. I say yes, sir, and no, sir, to everybody. I am a good man in business. I am trusted, and I am well-respected. Go into eternity knowing that not only did you place that in me, but it has transcended into my kids too. Because what you taught me, I am teaching them. So forget about what you thought you did wrong and know what you did put into me. Good, bad, or indifferent has made me Clark effing Bartram, and I'm a badass. Go on and go where you need to go and do what you need to do with no regrets, bud. And that was the last thing I said to him, and I left, and that was it. And, and my dad heard that from me. Dude, it could have been a movie.
0: I love that. I got goosebumps. Hey, whoa, man, that's awesome. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. So what would you, from your two kids, if they had to use three adjectives, okay, to describe you, what would the three adjectives be?
1: be? Wow. Intense. Yeah. <sighs> Disciplined. And boy, I, I would really love to have my son come in here and see if I need close, <laughs> because I'm probably completely off. This is me probably projecting onto them what I want. But I asked them that the other day, intense, disciplined, and conceited.
0: <laughs> conceited, I like that.
1: <laughs> you know, the kids, the kids got to throw in some kind of jab-ish type of stuff. Yeah. But I understand that's not what it is. Maybe 20 years ago that would have been what it was. But I do walk around here with a bravado like – why am I so good at everything? And I make them answer, you know, like they look at me like, really, dude, if people only knew you and yeah. what happened in this house. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> Love it. So I guess growing up, having the kids at different ages, right? So mine are different. I still have a young one. But how is the idea of what it means to be a man changed over the span of your life as you've seen your kids grow up?
1: Yeah, you know, I used to think that being a man was being someone who was a take charge kind of guy, someone who was driven, someone who had his blinders on, someone who worked hard all the time and just kind of plowed through life accomplishing things. And it wasn't until my kids really felt comfortable coming back to me and telling me, like I said at the beginning of this, that I didn't get it right that there were certain things that I was doing that was affecting them in a negative way. And I'll tell you one situation in particular that really made me wake up to the fact that I really wasn't being a man until I could hear something from somebody else and accept it and grow from it. i talked about always being coachable. Your kids, man, are the best people to coach you ever in life. If you get beyond the father son relationship and you get to the place where your son's 24, your daughter's 28, you realize they're a peer. So I came home from a trip. I travel all the time. And when I'm in, I'm out, I'm busting my butt. You know what it's like. You travel a lot too. You come home. I want my house a certain way. I want it clean. I want it smelling fresh. I want to come home to my sanctuary and feel comfortable. When I would come home and it wasn't what I expected it to be or suggested it should be to other people, I would disrupt the energy of the house. And I would walk in. And even if I didn't say anything, my energy was disruptive because they had a flow my wife my daughter and my son and maybe a friend and i would walk in and see something out of place or see something that i didn't like and and be a man and go i work hard for this shit i gotta you know what i mean and we justify that energy when my son one day said to me said you know what man you're coming in here with a shitty energy and, and and you're making us feel uncomfortable and and i was like whoa instead of getting triggered I got like inquisitive and I thought, wow, what does that look like? I got on the balcony and I'm like, I can totally see that. And from that day forward, I did not come in this house and disrupt their energy. And that also gave them the freedom to not feel like I was talking down to them and make the house the way I wanted. So it's a win-win. So what my kids being older helped me realize being a man was, was being coachable and understand just because you're a dad doesn't mean you're always right
0: I think that resonates with a lot of audience that resonates with me because uh, that sort of started to smile when you said that because that's that's a lot of time my energy when I come home it's my sanctuary right and again I'm not the guy that's I'm not the dad that's gonna be cutting the lawn fixing the fence things like that it's my sanctuary when I come home and so I have I feel exactly the same there um what would you say would be one underrated but most important skill a person but specifically a dad should possess
1: I think what I just touched on right there, the ability to know that just because you're a dad, just because you're older, just because you're bigger and stronger, just because you're the leader or you're in charge or you're the breadwinner or whatever titles we've identified with in life that have caused this this rough around the edges, hard outer crust that would not like I'm a man. You know what I mean? Sometimes this I'm a man holds us back from really growing as a human and understanding that if you raised your kids right, I, I want people to really hear what I'm about to say because this is just coming to me right now. If you raised your kids right in the way that you really wanted to, okay, and they now are adults and they come to you with some information and some knowledge and some some basis for correction in your life, if you shut them down and don't listen, that means you're just kind of turning away everything that you invested into them as a parent. Like discounting the fact that they are now a badass too, and they are now smart and have knowledge that you might not possess because they've experienced it from a different place than you did. And if they're coming in love and they're saying, yo dad, listen, man, can I share something with you real quick? You know, if you're the type of man who, Nope, I'm a man. You're, you know, this is my home. You're a kid. I will never say that to any one of my kids. This is my home. That's the most disrespectful thing I think any man could ever say. Yep.
0: (laughs) So, I guess with your kids, last question what has your favorite age been so far? So, not with the kids, but like as you growing up, right? Is it like, hey, when they were young and you were like late twenties your thirties or when what, what memories triggered and say, Hey, this was probably my favorite age with my kids. And I guess that changes, right? Cause I enjoy all different, but from your standpoint, what's that?
1: You know, I, I think a better way for me to answer that in the sense of, cause we could all say every age is the yeah. best, right? Because every bring, everything brings its certain one. But what I would say to a young father is when you have a daughter, for example, And you're suddenly, she's four years old, and you're thinking about her 16 dating. It's so hard to imagine that and understand that you'll ever be able to wrap your human brain around it as a dad because you're projecting so far into the future. We're always told in personal development not to do that. We're saying, you know, keep it in the now, keep it in the present. So when your daughter's four and you're thinking 16, I'm going to do this to everybody that walks through, and they're never going to – by the time she hits 16 – you're so ready for that because you've gradually gone through this process of life it's like trying to get to 230 and 6% body fat you don't just happen to get there overnight it gradually happens over time and suddenly you're like wow i'm 230 and 6% body fat i never thought that was possible you know is that your weight and body fat percentage by the way
0: i think i'm a little skinnier mike would say i'm probably on the bikini side so a little bit less weight <laughs> almost at that 6% so i get Another question I like to ask people, how do you want to be remembered? What do you want to be remembered as a father, a dad, a friend? Like what was the legacy that you want to leave?
1: You know, that Clark was just real and honest and, and caring. Oftentimes people will look at me and go, damn, Clark, you're so honest. Or, you know, you're rough around the edges or you just tell it like it is. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you want someone to tell it like it is? But underneath that, I want people to know that everything that I did, I really care. I honestly care about people and my personal mission statement is to positively and powerfully affect everyone I come into contact with. So my goal and my hope is that when people are talking about me at my funeral, other than the fact that say, oh yeah, Clark farted on me all the time or something like that, that they will say, you know what, man, I loved being around that dude because I always felt better when I was done. I love it. So
0: a little harder question. So what, I guess, through your journey in fatherhood or dad, being a dad, what's been the hardest challenge in the fatherhood journey for you?
1: The hardest challenge is just seeing your kids in pain. Oh, I agree. It, you know, and if it's emotional pain, if it's physical pain, and we always say as parents, man, if I could do anything to take that on, I would take it on. And when you sit there and you watch your kid pushing through the darkness, you know, in, in personal growth, right, part of what we do is chasing the shadows. We go after the areas of our life that are hidden that most people will never shine a light on. And when you see your kid, because of your coaching and your teaching and your example, doing those same very things, and you see the struggle it is, God, it's so hard to watch them struggle or relationship issues and. And things like that, you know, getting f- hurt in football or hockey is one thing, yeah. but the emotional stuff is, man, oh, man, oh, man, you know. I saw
0: that for the first time. Not for the first time, but, like, I have my 19-year-old who plays junior hockey, and he's about to go away, and he's been in a relationship now for just over a year. She leaves for college, and it was the, it was the hardest thing the last couple of days for me, right, just to see him because he's not, like, the guy that breaks down and cries and stuff a lot. And it was just – there's a waterworks for the last couple of days. So I'm trying to manage that and it's, they're both young. Right. So, but yeah, hundred percent agree with you. So let's get into Clark today a little bit, right. I want them to, um, before we run into a lot of time, I want them to, I want you to talk about your books a little bit. What's going on in Clark's life right now. Right. Like the, the, the book and, um, I want you to talk about your programs and some different things. But I really want you to talk about because for me, your book is how I run my life. Right. And in, in regards to, the different exercises that my day starts with, how my rituals—I'll call it—my habits, my schedules are built. Um, my my gratitude, etc. So talk about your what you're doing now.
1: So, I started in the fitness industry, 30 years in the fitness industry, and I said something in a video that I did today. I realized one very important thing in fitness. I can't help anyone live in their healthiest body until I can help them live in their healthiest mind. Because we all put self imposed roadblocks in front of us like, I'm fat, my family's fat, I can't do this, I'm lazy, blah, 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 blah. These are all conversations that we have. So, I've learned the art and the skill and the process of helping people get beyond those things. So, my career is slowly molding into a mindset coach. If you want to give it a title or a name, I don't call it that, but to give people framework. So years ago, I'll go through kind of like my my books. I I have several, this is the very first one ever wrote. It's called spiritually fit. And this book, the tagline is a fitness program. You can have faith in, and I come from a Christian background. I identify as a Christian. And this, this is where this book was born. The next book I wrote, I was on Home Shopping Network. I'll keep this really quick. I was on Home Shopping Network selling my own line of fitness equipment. I came home. I'm flying home. I had what I now know to be a panic attack on the airplane, wanted to jump out. And I got home, and I realized I didn't want to get on drugs. And if anyone's doing drugs, I'm not disrespecting anyone's decision. But for me, it's not what I wanted to do. So I started diving in to studying the mind because I understood that, you know, these conversations can lead us in different directions in life. I'm sitting on my couch and listening to a lady preacher by the name of Joyce Meyer. I hear her say this, where the mind goes, the man follows in my spirit. I heard that's the title of your book. I'm like, I'm not writing a book. Now you are, I got up, walked to my computer. This book was born. Where your mind goes, you go. It's a 30 day journey to a healthy body and a healthy mind. And this is an Amazon number one bestseller from that. This one, it got picked up by a publisher and I came out with volume two. So I've got two of these. Very similar situation with Magical Mornings. Magical Mornings. Yep. I fell off my program. I fell off the path. I was lazy. I was listening to conversations in my mind. I was living off past successes. All my contracts went away. I went from a lot of money to no money, like overnight. I realized I got to get back on my program. So what did I do? I went back to what I learned as a Marine, as a young Christian getting up in the morning to go to prayer. I got up and I started my morning process. And that's what you were referring to. And in the morning, one day after my time was up, I, I hit like on something on Facebook and my buddy saw it. He called me up and he said, bro, aren't mornings magical? In my spirit, I heard that's the title of your book. I'm a man of action, Todd. I do stuff. I do it now. I got up. I went to Starbucks, this book was born. Now it's an online coaching group. It's blowing up people all around the world. They come in a 21 day challenge. Then I roll them up into a month to month to month challenge. And I've got people that are encouraging each other, inspiring each other, lifting each other up and really creating a community. We refer to it as a family of like-minded people who are locked arm in arm, helping each other go to those dark places that they're fearful of that they couldn't do by themselves.
0: Dude, that's awesome. I love it. Love it. Uh, Again, I told you, I started reading it at Mike's and then we had a mutual friend that decided that uh, his reading lessons were more important than mine. So he uh, took it and I'm sure he got a good Instagram post and then it's probably buried in his closet somewhere, but we'll leave that alone. So I'm looking forward to digging in that because I have my own version of it, but definitely want, um, we'll put the links because I want people to be able to find that book and stuff. And I know we'll probably send them to, I believe your website and stuff, but um, well, why don't we do that now? Why don't we tell them where they can find you on social, where they can find you on your website, and if they're interested in contacting you, um, where can we, can we locate you?
1: So my Instagram is just Clark Bartram, and these are if you go to coachingwithclark.com, you'll see this. There's you know some online information there that you can check out. But those two, you know, just go to my Instagram, Clark Bartram, and then coachingwithclark.com. And you can just Google me, kind of do a background check on me, make sure you're someone, you someone, I'm someone you want to listen to. And hopefully Todd's endorsement is enough for you guys out there that are watching, you know. But. Also, see
0: him on uh, – if you Google him, you'll see him in, in his uh, tights as Batman and different things. So there's lots yeah. there. But, hey, so I guess before we break this up, what would you say if there is again, we've got young fathers on here. We've got older fathers, all different ages, probably people, some guys that are – Holy crap, I'm about to have a baby, etc. right? So from that standpoint, what three pieces of advice would you give to an early father or someone who's maybe struggling even later in their life, right, on that dad bod thing, but also just on the mentality? You touched on, the, hey, the mental piece for you, and that seems to be where the mind goes. Everything else is easy, right? So from that standpoint, what three pieces of advice would you leave someone with to really step up their game, get them out of a funk, Or give them that that little bit of encouragement to build the confidence in them that, hey, maybe you don't have all the answers right now. But again, you have to believe in yourself. So what are those three pieces of of nuggets that you would leave someone with?
1: Yeah. One, realize that you're human. Mitch, let me ask you real quick. What three adjectives would you use to describe (laughs) me? Here's my son right now. Okay. (laughs) Um, Make it quick. we got to end this fast. like. What is the opposite of gentle? Uh, rough. I mean, uh, abrasive, or intense? <laughs> abrasive, intense, and aggressive. Okay. Oh. I got one right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Intense. Okay. So one, realize that you're human. Two, don't get your feelings hurt by what your kids say to you because they're gonna be honest, right? Kids are the most honest creatures on the planet so when your son comes to you and says daddy i want to play listen to him because that means he wants to play don't be too busy man so one understand that you're a human Two, understand don't get your feelings hurt easily when someone gives you advice on how to be a better dad and then three look you're not changing the world you're not too busy to pick up a glove or a football or a frisbee or go for a walk with your son or your daughter you're not. Trust me. I had a counselor one time tell me, Clark, you are not saving the world. Slow down and invest time into your kids and they will see, you know, that it means something. And as much as he met, you know, said what he said, that's me. I'm intense. I'm aggressive and I'm rough. Let's go.
0: You're also loving and caring and lots of other words that they're not using to describe you just based on what I've seen about you. So all around great yep. guy, but uh, just, uh, I appreciate those things. I think the time thing is one of the biggest things that many people struggle with, right? Because as a dad, they feel like, Hey, they got to be the superhero there. There's so much pressure and stress to make dollars to make, Hey, I'm the family provider. I'm this, I'm that. I got to be the, the big guy. And the thing that I learned is taking time to spend and creating those memories, right? Because it's not about, all the money you make and all the material things you give it's about the time you give that's what your kids are going to remember right they're going to remember the memories they're going to remember those little tiny things at all different levels so i love hearing you say that and put that back in there but hey but i really 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 appreciate it I'm very very grateful for you taking the time today um, definitely want to get you back on later on i want people to uh get into your book right so maybe we talk about some different things in your book later on down the road but it just again Grateful for you spending the time that we had today. Look forward to hopefully seeing you this weekend as well in San Diego, and uh, getting my butt kicked in your home gym. So.
1: Absolutely. Before we end it, let me see if I did anything right, Mitch. Do you have good memories of me? Of course. Did we spend a lot of time together? Yeah. Totally. All right. There we go. Good. Now I feel good. Like I did. What you said i just wanted to see if i you hit got the reinforcement money. as
0: well you didn't even have, have better thing you didn't even have to pay him i didn't even see any money exchange no so. money
1: would be an exchange right there Yeah, man. but nowadays
0: it's probably not money right he's probably waiting on zeal or Vimo or something that's on the back end so it's yeah, uh,
1: bitcoin <laughs>
0: there you go it's probably a bitcoin yeah but um anyways appreciate the time like i said we've got your uh the show notes in the show notes we're gonna put where your book is your website everything else and, guys, I appreciate everyone taking the time, and hopefully that Clark dropped tons of nuggets. You guys watch this, rewatch this, share this with someone who needed to see that message. There's tons of people out there. I'm sure you have family and friends that could use this message. And, guys, um, it'll be available on Stitcher, iTunes, um, in the next 24, 48 hours. So, guys, do us a favor. If you found value in this, leave us a review. Um, again, just put up the ratings, and, uh, again, just – Share with as many people as you can. And we're grateful and very much appreciative, Clark. Thanks so much. And we'll look forward to uh, seeing you soon.
1: Yes, sir.